Hi everyone, it's Joakim Akren, your host of the Elite Game Developers Podcast, a podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. I've known Kope Hiltunen for close to 20 years now, ever since I started building games companies. Kope is the guy in the Finnish games industry. He knows everybody and has the knowledge on everything when it comes to the Finnish games industry. He represents Neo Games, which is a non-profit association whose mission is to coordinate and support the growth and development of the Finnish games industry and its ecosystem. In this discussion with Kope, we talk about the recent 2020 report on the Finnish games industry that they published, uh, how the industry got to this impressive size that where we are now, and what things look like for the Finnish game industry going forward. But before we go to this discussion, here's a few words from our sponsors. Are you a mobile game developer who's looking to try something new on the ad creative side? My top pick would be influencer generated content, IGC, by Opera Event. Influencers and actors will make specific content from your games and Opera Event will deliver you high quality video ads that highlight the best parts of your game. Go to getigc.com to see some examples. That's getigc.com. At Pollen VC, we're committed to helping game developers improve their financial literacy. That's why we've launched CFO Resources, a new section of our website that hosts a free suite of calculators and financial planning tools to help you plan your business and grow faster. Our financial forecaster tool helps you project cash flows and visualize your ROAS and LTV based on metrics you provide. And if you're a hyper-casual developer, you need to check our hyper-casual velocity calculator. Head over to pollen.vc and click CFO Resources to get started. Hey, we're live now. Uh, hi, Kope. Welcome to the to the podcast. Hi, it's nice to be in your podcast. I have been listening it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh... We haven't actually talked that much over the the pandemic. Like, uh, I like it was pretty much a tradition that wherever there was a game event, we would meet up like there <laughs> randomly and chit chat a bit. But it's like it's been a bit different uh, for the last year and a half. So I, I think the whole Finnish gaming industry is is a bit like everybody's not seeing each other enough. So I'm I'm definitely waiting to see people mm-hmm. again soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess that our last on-site meeting was in uh, March 2020, so so over a year ago. And and after that, we have tried to kind of maintain the online presence and online community and online meetings, but it's different. So so it's it's not the same story as as meeting people face to face. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's kick this off. And I wanted to ask you a first question here. Uh, at- can you can you talk about yourself and what you're doing in the games industry and how it all got started? Well, I'm Kope Hilton and I'm the director of, of Neo Games Finland, which is the hub of the Finnish games industry. So, association, non-profit one, member-based, and I have been 
I have been in Neo Games since 2004, so so this is my 18th year in Neo Games, quite a quite a long time. And before I joined Neo Games back in 2003, 2004, uh, I had some kind of career in the digital media industry. I was in companies making hypermedia or multimedia in the mid 90s, and 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 somehow I ended up to the games industry. I have always been fascinated about games. And when I had a chance in 2004 to join join Neo Games, so so I did. And, and uh, well, I have been lucky enough to be able to follow the, the the development of the Finnish games industry during during these crazy and wild and and, and very successful years. So I'm, I'm very grateful about that. Can you talk about what Neo Games does? Well, we are doing a lot of things, as you mentioned already. Uh, typically, when there is no pandemic, we are doing a lot of trade missions and that kind of bringing Finnish game companies, startups, and and even even more established companies abroad to different kind of events like Gamescom or GDC or E3 or whatever. But we are doing at the moment we are doing a lot of studies and research. Uh, actually, we just launched a couple of. Or a week ago, we launched this study about the Finnish games industry. We are doing a lot of policy work inside inside Finnish system, but also inside EU with our partner organization EGDF, and then and then we have different kind of different kind of community related activities, and and basically we do everything uh, everything that our members wish us to do. So it's quite a wide variety of activities we have at the moment. Nice, nice. And and you recently published a report on the yeah. Finnish game industry. You've done this, I, I think, like biannually. Uh, so can you talk about what happened in 2020 for the Finnish games industry? Yeah, 2020. Yeah, well, we have been doing this this since 2004, or the, the first study covers years 2004 and 2005. And this is, I think, that the, this is our eighth study about the Finnish games industry. So we have been following the process or progress of the industry quite closely. But when it comes to 2020, I think that it is a year when afterwards, I think that everybody remembers the pandemic. So things were very different from, from also from the industry point of view, in a way that we didn't have those trade missions. We didn't meet people. Most of the people were doing remote work. Most of the companies were doing remote work and, and, and many of the things we have been used to do, they just they just weren't possible anymore. But but if we think about the year from, from, from the success or financial perspective, it was a good year for us. So industry was able to grow. The, the turnover was growing. The number of the employees was growing. Uh, diversity of the industry was was getting better, and and in a way, it seems that that although everybody is going to remember 2020 about pandemic, but we could as well remember it as a successful year for the Finnish games in, in terms of terms of turnover and employees and, and that kind of stuff. So, we were pretty resilient against against the pandemic uh, which wasn't a surprise uh, as such but it was nice to see that our hypothesis about game industry being resilient against the pandemic was was ac uh, actually true yeah. why do you think we have such a strong industry here in finland like if we go back a bit into the history do you see mm -hmm. kind of like key events that caused us to get to this current level 
Well, there is many. Actually, I some years ago or some time ago when we were still able to see people, I had this lecture about the pivotal points of the, of the Finnish games industry, starting starting from from the from the mid 80s when when first Finnish uh, commercial global game publish was made. It was sanctioned 86 when people realized that actually Finnish market is too small for for lucrative game business. So it was kind of first revelation of for it for the Finnish games industry another was for instance in the end of the 80s and the beginning of the 90s when people started to get together to develop games before that most of the games were developed by by individual people so individual uh, developers without no team the first companies were established in the mid 90s it was kind of kind of uh, revelation that, that that actually you can make money and you can make business by making games and in the end of the 90s there was this of course this first mobile boom alongside with uh, web which kind of guided Finnish games industry towards the mobile and as we know <clears throat> it didn't pay off until until 2008-2009 but it was kind of pivotal, pivotal point because I see that in that point we had got couple of choices go to the console and PC development heavily like they did in Sweden for instance or or do something else and and because of Nokia because of many reasons uh, Finnish games industry uh, focused quite strongly due to mobile already already in that point uh, of course the the promise of uh, web and later the promise of engage failed so so they didn't fly I guess that you remember what the engage was so yeah, so and so. all we who have been the industry back in those days remember those so that disappointment which which we had but yeah. still we were able to grow and and and, and still we were able to able to uh, survive the the de- valley of death of the games industry in 2000 in beginning of 2000 mm. and there is many of these kind of pivotal points in the Finnish games industry but i i guess that if we think about Finnish games industry as a financial entity at the moment economical entity the key was that we were focusing mobile game development way before let's say way before anyone else mm. so we were when the perfect storm with app stores happened in 2008 2009 we were more ready we were more aware about what is the mobile game in development what what it is when you are making developing a game to the small screen what are what are the business business practicalities and things like that and that was Basically, if 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 I should choose one one of the one of the kind of pivotal points as the most crucial one, that would be the one. So so mm. so aiming mobile game development even in early days. Although we had and we still have very successful PC and console companies. Let look up look at Remedy for instance, or or Housemark, or later on Colossal Order, or Frozen Byte or Red Links. Yeah. So so so. But still, we are quite mobile oriented as a development country yeah i think that like that's sort of like all the lessons learned from those failures on mobile over the years the decades Mm. uh getting into like finally app store and free to play working there and then then you you don't actually need to learn all the ropes like in many industries around the world where they didn't have that mobile ecosystem trying things to work they already had businesses that were working through like uh 
developer-publisher relationships mm. where the business model was set and fixed. It was set and it was set and fixed, and it didn't give developers too much room to grow. Mm. And if you think about one of the pivotal points, of course, free to play in a purchase model was was one of those pivotal points because uh, it freed us from the downloads in a way. Before mm. that, the number of downloads actually was equal to the money you were able to make. Yeah. But in the free to play model, they didn't have any direct connection anymore. Mm. And if you take a look at the, for instance, the turnover figures, the real growth in turnover started in 2013, 2014, when the when the free to play model or uh, in app purchase model really kicked in. So so that was financially the I think the biggest change in the in the Finnish games industry. Right. Let's talk a bit more about the report that you published. It's available on uh, playfinland.fi. So if you go there, you can scroll and find the download link. But like in your report you're talking about the different locations, where are the companies at the clusters? How, how do you see like Finnish sort of game development geography uh, laid out all over the country and what happened in 2020 with that? Well, let's put it this way that there is game development all over the country. So, so yeah. there, is, there is game developer studios in all the parts of the Finland and, and that's a good thing. So, so basically it shows the, or it proves that the, the game development is not, uh, is not tied to the location. You don't have to be somewhere exact, in some exact location to be able to develop games. And I guess that that's what we have always witnessed with the pandemic, that that's the case. But the, the, uh, as, li as like many industries, game industry is quite concentrated to the capital area. So capital area is by far the biggest when it comes to the number of the studios and when it comes to the number of, of, the, tur of, of the employees and, uh, and the turnover. And this has been kind of kind of progress which has been continuing so if we take a look at the figures in 2014 when we made one of our studies 38 percent of the studios were in capital area but in 2020 or in, in end of 2020 55 percent of the studios were in capital area so it seems to be that in the games industry the, the studios have been, also in the games industry the studios have been concentrating to the capital area to, during during last like last years but still as i said still there is some successful studios in all the regions of finland we have divided finland uh, in five different regions and there is there is uh, successful studios in 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 all the, all the regions at the moment. Mm -hmm. but uh, i guess that the, the the development of the games industry has uh, slowed down a bit outside capital area so mm. during during last years and one of the reasons might be that, that that there used to be different kind of regional regional programs for for development of the of the of the industry but at the moment there is none or there is there is some but they are they are few and far between more yeah. more than they used to be yeah i want to actually jump around a bit here and cover this kind of support from the government like how do you think these governmental organizations could be doing things more differently to to affect the the game industry in a better way. I think that there there is they have been doing uh, doing quite a lot of things, uh, especially 
Tekes or Business Finland as we know it today, they have been very supportive for the, for the business side of the of the games industry. And uh, I guess that many of the successful companies we have today wouldn't exist without without their their support. But we, I think that the biggest problem in the Finland at the moment when it comes to the public funding is that we don't have this kind of funding for the early stage startups we don't have in many european countries there is a lot of cultural funding but we don't we don't have any so so we we uh, basically game companies have been using digi demo but it's very it's very small funding they have been able to apply and, and at the moment it seems to be that even the digi demo is is going down or at least getting smaller mm. and it means that for those uh, indie companies who are looking for funding for 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 their first game and they have don't have financial capability to get the business finland funding there is no funding public funding av- available at all and that's definitely something which which i think that should be improved because we should have funding for this that kind of cultural uh, culturally oriented games uh, with in outside the mainstream gaming gaming so that's definitely something we should should work with and i have been we have been discussing about this with the for instance with the ministry of culture but as you know now the situation is not very very good for for new funding schemes at the moment mm, yeah well let's see how it changes but do you think like these kind of communal like we have the ELY centers around finland that are doing also funding do you think that sort of like these clusters like up in the north mm. like in Oulu like what could be done on that level on the communal level i think that there is a couple of problems in that one of the one of them that is that if you want to develop a game cluster you need to have a long term funding and typically those eli centers are using eu funding and they are project that's project based funding mm-hmm. the project project means that it lasts like two or three years and when the money has been spent or or when the project ends typically there is no, nothing remains The project ends, there is no funding and there is no cluster activities after that at all. And it's not the way. It's Project is not the way to develop sustainable ecosystem. We need to have funding for five to ten years at least in order to achieve some goals. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things which bugs me a little bit that, that this project-based thinking, it, that's not the way to develop these things. Another is that when we go to the Eli Center's that they don't have expertise when it comes to the games industry. So they mm. just don't know what they are looking for. They just can't uh, make assessments because, of course, they, they don't have expertise. They don't know the games industry as well as they should to be able to make make uh, good assessments. And and that's one of the, then that's one of the problems. And of mm. course, yeah, in, a, in a way, game industry is still a new phenomenon in Finland. So yeah. we as an industry we are 25 years old or 26 this year. And 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 that's the maybe our thinking is is more towards the traditional industry still. Although the games industry has been doing extremely well, but still we are uh, the those people who are making the decisions in those Eli centers are still thinking about the more like the the old industries brick and mortar yeah. stores and, and, and that kind of stuff yeah do you think there's like what could we do on let's say 
the group of people who know gaming well, mm. what could we do regarding like pushing the industry forward? If if the government doesn't know, <laughs> like what can we do? Yeah, well, if some parts of the government don't know, <laughs> that's yeah. that's a, that's a million dollar question, or actually, it's it's, it's a more valuable question than million dollars. The only way is, uh, at least, only way I can see is to share the information uh, uh, for 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 people who are making decisions. And for instance, uh, now we had communal elect elections in Finland last uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday and, and and what we have done is that we are going to publish this kind of policy program for for those who were elected and we will share that policy program with them and try to explain them what is the games industry and what kind of uh, what kind of pets or what kind of assets we need in different areas so that that's what we are trying to do so information 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 but there is only so much you can do with with these tools and and uh, typically when you are developing something like this it's a slow slow but steady process or yeah. hopefully steady but always slow yeah yeah and I'm, I'm at least super happy on on like how i see the the venture capital uh stage developing in Finland because we have Sisu and we have Play Ventures who mm. are both sort of local mm. and I, I think there's there's potential for even more funds to show there up. Is, yeah. And there is so, Nordic, Nordic yeah. Game Fund at the moment. It's not very active but it has made some small small investments and of course Lifeline. I think mm. that they don't they haven't done game industry investments for a while, or for a while, but but it's still existing, and they still mm. have possibility. And of course, we have other funds which are also also possible investors. And then there is investors from abroad. Yeah. So I think that if you take a look at the investments to the Finnish game studios, uh, like last five years or ten years, most of the investment by far has has come from, uh, has come from abroad. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is good. Like, if you look at the then this kind of like revenue of the industry, the mm. numbers, the financial outlook, uh, are there any worries there? What do you think? Well, uh, as uh, uh, as I said, uh, I guess when we discussed about that, so that we have been pretty steady from 2015 on. So the turnover of the industry, we use for turnover. We decided to do. Uh, so in European scale, so so the turnover of the industry uh, has been steadily over two billion euros. So between two point one and two point five billion euros. But during last six years, there hasn't been any growth in in the figures, any substantial growth. Of course, we were growing like nine percent from last year, from from two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty. But <clears throat> if you take a look at the those years between two thousand fifteen two thousand twenty, so there hasn't been substantial growth. So we are still in the in the two billion euros plus uh, turnover. And if you think about the games industry and, and, and how the games industry is doing at the moment uh, globally, so we are actually losing uh, market share a little bit. So 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 every year when we are in those figures. And then we have been contemplating what to do to reach the next level uh, turnover-wise and, 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 and uh, in other areas also. What, what we should be doing, uh, what as, as a neo games and what, what of course we, we can do much but what we should uh, what kind of route we should take and what are the reasons that that we are 
we are not growing at Simba. And I guess that one of the reasons we have said out loud a couple of times or maybe a hundred or two hundred times during last last two or three or four years is that that lack of employees is actually hindering our growth at the moment. Yeah. So when we asked the companies when we when made our study how many new employees you are looking for in, in next 12 to 18 months and the there was this bracket from 400 to what to 1000 new employees mm. so basically it means that at the moment we are lacking at least 400 employees in this industry at least yeah. 400 and of course it affects to our ability to grow so that would be first things to fix but it's not an easy fix because because uh, immigration, well, it hasn't been too easy during the pandemic. Uh, it, it's it's never easy because there is a lot of bureaucracy, and we have been trying to trying to negotiate with government about how to how to make the bureaucracy easier. But yeah. there is also the availability availability of of talented people globally. Uh, is is well, there everybody is looking to talented game industry people at the moment and that's the reason why we should develop Finland as a destination country also in many many different levels when it comes to the for instance things like childcare or uh, working places for the spouses or that kind of stuff and that's what we have been quite concentrating quite a lot during the last year yeah so that that would be one key to the growth more employees and, and 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 that would give us possibility to grow. Another thing is, of course, that is there any new venues for the growth? So at the moment, we are pretty much a developer country in, in a way that we don't have, we don't have, for instance, publishers, like in many other countries. Uh, is there any new venues for the growth? So would it be like like some something new? I mean, not, or not, not, not totally new, but something new for us. So what we have had and we still have, we have very successful service provider uh, uh, cluster in Finland. So we have companies like Ubre and Unit and Game Refinery and so on and so on and so on. Could there be something to develop in that front for in, in, in a global scale? And okay. that kind of that kind of that kind of scenarios we have been trying to contemplate of course we are not able to able to do much but we are kind of contemplating around those ideas mm. what, what would be the next venue for the growth for the Finnish games in yeah that that definitely sounds very easy to sort of like see from my perspective as well that in in the mobile scene we've sort of like here in Finland uh, missed out on the hyper casual uh, developers and the publishers we we don't really have neither of them them uh, at least companies that would be successful in those realms so I, I think there's 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 opportunity there so mm. yeah yeah but there yeah. is opportunity but there is a lot of competition if mm-hmm. we think about hyper casual it it's different kind of beast it requires a lot of resources in all the all the fronts it requires a lot of development resources it requires a lot of of uh, of uh, marketing resources and so on and so on and and if you don't have pos- access to to empl- employees so so mm. it, it's it's not very easy to do yeah 
Yeah, I, I think like all of the, the mobile developers that I know of are looking for more user acquisition talent. So I think mm. that's definitely a bottleneck. For that's definitely a bottleneck, yeah. But all, on the other hand, user acquisition service providers, the, the whole, those who provides, provide service would be one when you have growth. But this yeah. is just an example. I don't mean that we should set up a user acquisition company in Finland, but that's one of the things we have been discussing a bit. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's talk more about bringing people to Finland and the people who are already mm. here and uh, the sort of like the diversity of mm. the developer developer community here. How have you seen things changing? Oh, things have been changing a lot. I, we actually, we didn't measure the the share of, of non-Finnish employees until 2018, I guess, or 2016. But in our last study in 2020, oh, the, the share of the non-Finnish employees in Finland was 28% uh, in whole of the Finland. And it, it was 33% in capital area. So roughly one third of the employees working in the Finnish game companies in Finland are are non-Finnish. And I think, I don't know what are the figures in other industries, but I guess that it's it's comparably high high figure in the games industry. And, which show, and it shows that we can't continue growing or we can't be sustainable without those people coming to work for the Finnish game companies to Finland. Mm. So it's it and it has been it has been developing quite nicely during during uh, during last years, uh, despite the bureaucracy and despite or all the difficulties to uh, bureaucratic difficulties to get people in. So I don't know if you know the immigration process, but it has been quite slow. Yes, and it has been sometimes it has taken like six months for to bring people in, and in yeah. in, in best case scenario maybe two weeks but there is too much vari- variation in the in, in that time so what we have been what we have been discussing with the, the with the government several times with quite big letters is that it should be we should be able to say that they, this is the processing time and it shouldn't be more than two weeks mm. but but this bureaucratic obstacles there are many of those so so they are very hard to tackle and there is only so much we can do what we can only thing we can do is put pressure to the government yeah 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 makes sense um i wanted to sort of like touch base with you on the impacts of covid 19 and the, the work from home and all all these things that have changed the industry what do you think the real impacts will be from this? Well, I, I think that what we have so far seen is that, that as I said, game industry has been quite resilient uh, against against the pandemic. Uh, and, and we have been able to do the remote work. But of course, doing the remote work thing is, is it's, it's not without complications. So there is technical issues, of course. Uh, for instance, if you are a console developer and, and you have a console in dedicated place where you can move, where you can't move it out, how do you work from home? Because if you're, if you're, if you're development, dev kit is somewhere else. So that's, that's definitely one of the questions not a big one because most of the companies or all the companies have been able to solve it but it gives you an idea how difficult it can be then of course the, the this kind of uh company spirit 
or, or developing that kind of thing is pretty hard when when you don't see your teammates. It's pretty hard to take new people in because you if you, if you can't even meet with them, and if you can't basically basically take them into the teamwork like, like we would normally do and there has been at least in the beginning of the pandemic there was a lot of delays in negotiations so publisher negotiations uh, investor negotiation luckily that situation got better quite quite rapidly already in in the, in the summer 2020 but it was kind of hardship for for at least for the small companies uh, the, the spring 2020 yeah. and this kind of these kind of things which are basically in some cases causing delays so so if you take a look at the games to be published list so there is a lot of games which have been delayed because mm doing things remotely it's possible but it's not as effective as as it would do uh, as it would be to do it do it in a normal way and of course if we think about the games industry we haven't tested the game resilience in the game industry in a, in a long long run yet so i mean that they, if there is a significant drop in purchasing power in in our in our main market areas so how would it affect to the games would it affect at all? It, it even might affect positively because people don't have time to do other more expensive things that they, they might, might end up playing games. But it can also affect negatively. And that's something which remains to be seen. So so what are the long-term effects of, of the pandemic? But mm. the one sure thing is that, that although games industry has been doing well with the pandemic we would have rather hoped that there wouldn't have been one so none of us is is happy about the situation because living has been so different and 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 as said before this community developing game industry community has been so so more difficult so much more difficult than it, it it was before yeah yeah for sure there's there's also this interesting programs that are starting now. I think Helsinki has this 90 days Finn program. Uh, what do you think about that? And could that, you know, do something for the, for the game industry? Yeah, yeah, but it should be a permanent structure. Mm-hmm. We, as I said about projects before, I don't like projects in a way yeah. that they, 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 they are not sustainable. We yeah. need sustainability. We need some predictability. We, we need to be able to say that this is the way how it goes. Not yeah. that we have this fancy project with this. It's a, it's a good pilot. It's a good way of piloting things. And it's a good way to developing things, but they should be adapted to the, as a permanent process after that. Yeah. So if you see what I mean. Yeah, so I it's, do. It's, it, it doesn't help us too much. I have been doing this, or we have been doing this 18 years. And what, what, what has been the one of the biggest lessons learned is sustainability. So if you are providing some kind of services, if you have, if you are giving this kind of value, value promises, value propositions to the industry, you should be able to hold with them. So, yeah. so sorry, I, I get a little bit that's, excited no. about that but. yeah totally agree totally agree with that i think before we go to the final questions I, I wanted to ask you what are sort of like what do you think are the strengths and the challenges now for the finnish games industry and and like i i go back to like the i was at the meeting where 
Neo Games, sort of like the initiative in 2004 was announced. And I remember there was this kind of like ecstatic feeling uh, for everybody yeah. about how the industry is going to, you know, now start rolling. How do we get back to that? <laughs> ecstatic, yeah, that's, that's, very good. that's a very good question. In a way, we still have it. We still yeah. have it because one of the biggest strengths of the Finnish games industry has been the community. So, so we are, it is a kind of soft value. It's a soft strength, so to speak. But it has been a pretty, pretty, pretty important thing for us in, in many ways. And I don't think that we are going to get so ecstatic anymore because at least you and me, we are way older than we were <laughs> back in those days. Man. And when you get old, you don't get so easily excited as, 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 as a young person. And of course, the industry is more mature way way more mature we don't we are not even in the same map anymore not even in the same continent anymore when yeah. it comes to the, the, the development states of the industry but i i think that we should define uh, or or we still have this kind of 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 if not excitement but maybe it's it's a mix of excitement and trust and and this kind of feeling of of, of doing this, this together and i i it's it sounds funny but i think that that's very valuable for us and it's one of the big strengths of the finnish games industry and if, if you think about uh, the more kind of solid solid strength uh, i guess that that of course, we have a lot of know-how. We know, like Kimi Raikkonen say, said, we know what we are doing. Mostly, not always, but mostly we know what we are doing. We have a lot of, a lot of very skilled people. I think that the diversity of the industry is going to the good direction. So I mm. already mentioned that the number of, of non-Finnish employees, but there is number of female employees has been also growing. And I see diversity diversity in all of its aspects as, as, as a good, good thing for the industry because it gives us more brain power and more different kind of thoughts about how, how to develop the industry and how to develop games. And we are uh, we're pretty, pretty kind of uh, solid society, uh, safe society. I, I, I think that, that we have a lot of assets coming from the from the from the Finnish way of doing things, which is basically very pragmatic and very very solution oriented way of of trying to tackle the challenges. And for instance, how well we have survived the pandemic proves that that okay, we are actually doing something right here in Finland. In in many or many of the, so 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 the. Those are the kind of strengths of the Finnish games industry, and one of one of them is that now we have more money than ever before. So yeah. we, as you said, we have more investors, but we have more domestic money. We have more wise money. We have people who have made exits from from their previous companies and and actually yeah. gained some funding of money from from those exits, and now they are investing sweat equity but also real money to the to the startup companies or our companies they see have possibility to grow mm. so we are the situation is of course the competition is more fierce than ever but we are well equipped and better equipped than ever to to be on the top in that company yeah yeah that that's that's how i think we can push forward is is to believe that you know we have all the necessary things now and just mm. you know keep learning keep keep trying yeah. things 
Yeah, that's that's the key, because dynamic is one of the keys. We have to keep up the dynamics. I have been discussing discussing with with some other development countries, small, smaller than we are, and what I have always what they are interested in is, of course, what the government should do or what the public funding should do to kind of ramp up the development of the industry. And I have always said that okay, you can give aid to the industry, you can give mm-hmm. support to the industry, but if there is not dynamics inside the industry, nothing is going to happen. Nothing. Yeah. Because yeah. this is easy industry in a way that this is up to people. This is yeah. up to people. And if we think about game company, they have two assets. They have their players and they have their employees. And those mm-hmm. are the most valuable assets any game company could have. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Kope, I want to go into some final questions here that I always ask my guests. So, mm. like, I, I'm really interested in what people are reading. Do you have a favorite book that you could mention? Yeah, actually, I have a history. I was studying literature, like, five, six years in University of Tampere back in the day, in the beginning of the 90s. So I have been reading a lot. So, so I'm a reader. Uh, and I, I saw your question, and, and it was... <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty difficult question. So, so of course, I should say some business-related book, but uh, I don't because my favorite book of all times is Joni Siftesvik, Puhaluskukka Poika ja Taivaan Korjaaja. It doesn't translate too well to the English, but it's my favorite book. It it made the biggest impact me to me emotionally. So, so it's something I will always remember how it was one when I read it first time and I was kind of I kind of stunned how anyone can write this good this nice. good text yeah I don't know that one so maybe so you should read it, it you should read yeah. it it was it was a blast yeah do you have a, a story that has shaped you in how you approach your work today actually yeah in a way as I said, I in the in the nineties I was working with the hypermedia, multimedia, and, and I don't know if 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 somebody remembers, but the hypermedia used to be kind of consumer products. But in somewhere in ninety seven, ninety eight, we turned to do uh, more like business to business oriented stuff. So I remember doing a lot of PowerPoint presentations to Nokia back in the day, and and I didn't like it too much because I I, I don't like so much about the business to business kind of way of doing things. And then I saw Ilari Kuittinen in Helsingin Sanomat, I guess. It was the time of the Supreme Snowboard and it was the one of the first game industry stories I remember I have read. And Ilari was explaining something about the games industry. And, and that was kind of pivotal point for me. I, I started to think that, okay, maybe the game industry is, is one possibility career-wise in, in the future. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to jump in the, in the game industry in 2003, 2004, I was glad to do. So that was... That was uh, one of the pivotal points I remember, which kind of shaped my thinking uh, about what to do with the digital media. Let's put mm. it this way. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. Hey, final question for you. If there's people in the audience who want to talk to you, hear about like they want to come to Finland, they want to explore, maybe they want to work here, mm. like in the industry, like what's the best way to get in contact with you? Well, I... You, Best way would be go to the NeoGames uh, website, neogames.fi or playfinland.fi, which is the uh, our study website. And you can find all my contact details from there. So best way, email, 
call. I'm an old man. I like people calling me, uh, text message, WhatsApp. Yeah. But but don't don't try those fancy new channels because I don't use too many of them. Uh, even Facebook, I use Facebook. And and yeah. of course you can contact Neo Games uh, Neo Games admins through the Facebook uh, Play Finland group also. Nice. Yeah, That's Play Finland. Way. Yeah, the <clears throat> Play Finland group is actually really active and a good one. If if you're not a member yeah. and you want to spy on Finland, <laughs> like what, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and actually, uh, the, yeah. actually, there were some changes in, in group policies like a week ago for Facebook. So I think that that now you can see the discussions without being member uh, because it's a it's a public group. Good. It's not a private group. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Kope. This was really good. Thanks. Thanks a lot, and and hope you in, enjoy the summer. Yeah, I tried. I tried. I have a lot of things to do in my summer cottage during the <laughs> summer. So, so that's that's the Finnish way of spending summer. Go go to the summer cottage and and, and it is. do things there. I can't wait for my trip. Yeah, well. yeah. We are. I <laughs> guess that after after the spring, we are all waiting for. Yeah. Our possible. <laughs> it's funny. We have been pretty solitude because of the pandemic but now everybody is waiting to go to the summer cottage alone to being solitude once <laughs> so so that, that's strange thing but, but that's yeah. how it is in finland so yeah yeah it is but it's good it's good yeah yeah okay yeah, but hey in take intro, care man yeah intro yeah. also about your summer holiday i think that we have all earned it we have profoundly. exactly we we have certainly All right. Uh, take care, Kope. Take Speak care. soon again. Bye bye. bye bye. Bye bye. If you like our content, please do hit follow or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app, so that you'll get notified when next week's episode is available. And in the meantime, please do go and check out our weekly newsletter at elitegamedevelopers.com/newsletter. It's gonna go out on Friday mornings where I share all the interest areas for myself in gaming startups. So check it out and I'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.